Sledge Lords, Adam and Danny. Oh boy, Adam, old pal. How you doing? I had a great trip to Tahi this weekend. What's Tahi? Uh, Tahoe. Tahoe. The lake, the mountains. Really? Yeah, I brought a bunch of stuff to show you. You got a big sackle here? Yeah. Satchel of, of treats? Yeah. So, I, well, first of all, I went into this little antique bookstore, and they had all sorts of titles that you wouldn't be able to find on, in a Barnes & Noble or even on Amazon. So this is stuff that's been canceled out of Republican libraries all over America? Maybe. You know, this is the comedians, and a lot of people in this were telling dirty jokes. The comedians. Supporting communism, so perhaps this got canceled. Yeah, so check This it is out. why I would never go into, like, an antique bookstore or whatever, because I would find a bunch of shit like this that makes no sense to people who live outside of the literal specific time period that this came out what are you talking about man that's got sid caesar and, and mel brooks in it exactly mel brooks that just sounds like somebody who's too old for me to care what they're doing ellen degeneres is on this cover drugs thieves scoundrels and the history of american comedy yeah absolutely, if i read man. this i would forget everything it said in it no no it's got great stuff dude frank okay. fay milton burl so this is a sincere thing that you're into oh yeah, I, I, went pig to, skin. I went to big five i got a football me and my dad adam i can really sling this thing it's like every football ever no no this one's special because my NCAA. dad and I, my yeah. dad and i played catch with it on the beach and you know those are those memories you can't buy hmm heft it throw it around it's not bad right josh i could spin it josh is a football fan you could throw a spiral then <sighs> i yeah. could but we're in a pretty small room and then this is oh Oh. <laughs> you found this on the trip? That wasn't supposed to come out of the bag. Dear God. This looks pretty good. I remember trying this one time. What is that? This is a mold oh. of my, my fiance's vagina. The mother of God. my children, even. Oh, my God. I'm so humiliated, man. <sighs> I've just been... You gave me that link to your OnlyFans to do research on you a couple weeks ago. And it's all I've been jerking off to. And I just wanted to get inside of that thing. Really? I just wanted. And so I, I bought that and I've been sucking it and fucking it. How's that going? It's going good. Yeah. It's, it's, it's odd, though, because I'm like, I got it. I got it actually duct taped underneath my computer desk. Right. So I can fuck it while I'm watching Lena on the big screen. I think it has two sides, too. Doesn't it have a vagina and a butthole? And sometimes I just rub my dick on the side of it. Look at yeah, like a dry hump. It oh, favorite sex act, doggy style. Weight one hundred and twenty eight pounds. Dude, it's just like I've been just fucking the shit out of a simulation of your fiance's vagina, dude. No, I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, easy to use. One open. Two lubricate. Three enjoy. That's all e I've been doing. Easy to clean. Rinse, air dry, and then renew. I haven't been doing that. So there's a renew cream. I don't know anything about the renewing. Oh, the is there a drink. bunch of fucking jizz on there? Or is this like lube? What the fuck? It wasn't meant for you to handle, okay? It wasn't meant. To, I just wanted to show you my football and my book. There's a shower mount. I brought a pine cone home, too, that I was going to show you. But, you know. I would rather fuck a pine cone than get your fucking jizz on my hand again. God damn it. Well, that's You shouldn't have picked it up. I'm put it in my hair. We would have been better. My hair would have That actually looks pretty nice. Yeah. yeah, I heard jizz. I mean, at least according to there's something about Mary. You bought, like, a bottle of lube and just put some on the box so that I would get it on my hand? No, dude. I'm not. <laughs> You know what? I'm not going to answer any more questions. Sleeve warmer. Warms your flashlight sleeve in less than five minutes to enhance the fantasy. So let's actually talk about this. My, the story, the actual story is my girlfriend saw this at a sex shop and sent me a picture of it. And I immediately said, buy this. I'm bringing it into the podcast. Did Lena seriously get her pussy sculpted or is it bullshit? Yes, she did. 
She did. Yeah. She went, she went to Austin, Texas with Johnny Sins and his wife, Kissa Sins, uh-huh. and they all got molded. Their genitalia all got molded over the course of a weekend. <sighs> How much variety is there really when it comes to female vaginas on the inside? Listen. I don't mean to shit on her product or anything, but that's what I've been wondering this whole time that this has been out. And when I, whenever anybody's like, oh, like, are you upset at the idea of, like, guys being able to bang this mold of your wife's vagina? I'm like, how, like what, what characteristics yeah. of my girl's vagina are going to be able to be represented mm-hmm. through a rubber mold of her vagina? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just feel like the, the intangible things that make a vagina special yeah. that make woman A feel different than woman B, yeah. are probably not going to really be... Ca- now, maybe they are, to some extent, because I still have not really banged one. One but, of these? Yeah. I think that'll be the ultimate testament to the quality of these products, is if you fuck it and you can't tell the difference, <laughs> run out there and start buying these. Well, what, what, this thing right here, the, uh, the, the shower mount and the sleeve warmer. I think if we were to utilize both of those, also the flesh wash. The shower mount and the sleeve warmer? <laughs> so maybe I should have actually fucked this. That's lotion. I just went into the bathroom and just poured lotion all over it. Yeah. But uh, maybe I should. I knew it wasn't cum. Uh, flesh wash. Our antibacterial spray will safely clean, clean your flashlight plus all other toys. You think girls are getting turned off when they walk in the house and a guy's got a, a series of different flashlights all lined up with the day of the week on them? Yeah, sh- that guy's in trouble. And, you know, my girlfriend and I were talking about this this weekend. Women are fucked. My girlfriend was asking me, what, what kind of guys actually hook up with transgender chicks? Gay dudes. This is my theory. You think gay dudes? Well, guys who got something twisted upstairs, yeah. Yeah. My theory was, though, what I explained to her is that there are a lot of transgender chicks because I was a bouncer. I was sober as a bluebird hanging out in these bars, and you can spot who is really a woman and who was formerly a man. So everyone else is drunk, and you're, you're sober, sort of able to pick up on these things. I got it. Right. My trans dar. Yeah. My trans dar, as I always called Copyright it. Copyright that, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would start seeing around the 11 p.m. midnight hour of the nightclub time, I would start seeing straight guys start sauntering up to these women a little bit sheepishly. I think they knew. In fact, I'm quite sure they knew. But buying them drinks, hitting on them, and around 12, 15, 12, 30, leaving the bar or club with the transgender So ladies. before it closes, because it closes at like 130, oh, like yeah. leading up to 2, right? You got to get them out you of there. You skate out of there at 1230. Not that many people are going to see you. Absolutely. That's Damn. one of the reasons, too. But then also, I mean, if you leave right when the bar actually closes, the chick might sober up when the lights turn on in the establishment and be like, oh, I can't go home with this jack off. Right. No, that's one thing that I've learned in my really in like the last year or two of my life, because there's a trans person that I know within a social circle that I sometimes inhabit. And I hear through the grapevine that like numerous acquaintances, I guess you might say of mine, mm-hmm. have dipped their toe into the trans pond. Ooh. Now, these are guys who I never would have known that that was something that they were down for. And it is still, it's kind of like a rumor that I feel like people don't want to talk mm-hmm. about it that much, but I'm hearing about it and I'm realizing like, maybe I'm old school. Maybe I'm just painfully cis, mm-hmm. but it, it would appear that a lot more people are into this than than I previously knew. Here's my theory. I'm going to give you the theory, and we're going to be able to validate it right now based on the guys you know right. who dipped their toes into the trans pool. Women think that when it comes to dating, the guys who were on a 1 through 10 scale, the 10s pair off with the 10 chicks. The 9s pair off with the 9 chicks. The 7s pair off with the 7s, the 6s, and on down. 
What they don't realize is that guys, and I'm taking into account everything, profession, social skills, social status, looks, that's what makes up your mate value. Guys who are sevens through tens, they don't pair off. They fuck all the chicks. And guys who are sixes and down get zero. Mm. That's generally how it works. Or if you're like a dude and you're a four, maybe you can unleash a legendary courtship campaign and end up marrying a chick who works at a Burger King. Right. And you got to really try for it. This is my my thing I've noticed about this trans situation that I'm referring to here. The guys who I believe have dipped their toe in the pond, high value men. That's it's, throwing it, a wrench in my theory. It's not like there are like losers who are just taking what they can get. It seems like, mm. no, they're like, these are guys who probably could get all kinds of different pussy if they wanted to. And this is how they're choosing to get down. You completely fucked up my theory. Yeah, I don't know. Because I, 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 that's just my observation about this yes. one specific case. So, Because my theory was that a dude who's a six and can't get the chicks in the clubs who are nines and tens, well, he can probably get a transgender chick with a stupendous set of fake tits but the thing and is a big too, fake ass. In rap, and that's good. In rap, the rappers I know who are like heavily accused of, you know, even accused is kind of a weird word, but it's like sort of known throughout the world that accused. they may or may not be able to get down with a trans person. These are dudes who are, who are capable of getting lots of chicks, like high value men. I don't think it's like, oh, like they're digging, because that's how it would have been for me. If I was drunk as fuck in the bar, I might bring home a trans person mm. just out of sheer desperation. Mm -hmm. I feel like this is different. In your BMX days, maybe. Yeah. I think especially. Yeah. It's, so it's, maybe it's this. Maybe I'm so off target. Maybe the guys who get all the pussy in the world get bored. I think so. And then they just want to have sex with like a hermaphrodite thingy that can fuck them up the ass mm. with a D cup. Most guys go their whole life just trying to get some ass. And then at some point... They get rich and successful enough that they're like, oh, I've kind of done it all. Mm -hmm. That's why all these Illuminati dudes are fucking four-year-olds and shit, bro. That's what, that's what Jeff Steen, Jeffrey Epstein's island was all about. Jeffrey Epstein. I, I, there's it took no, me a lot of tries to say. Yeah, there's there. no way that he would have ended up quite where he ended up. He would have been like a very like small term, small time molester, don't you think? Yeah. His success was what allowed him to sort of do all these bizarre yeah. things and take it to such a prolific level. And his success was based on the fact that powerful men who have had it all, Bill Clinton, mm. that other guy, they want to go to the <laughs> island and they want to get jerked off by a 16-year-old because there, nothing else gets them hard anymore. For the record, since I do speak on behalf of the Clinton Foundation, no evidence that Bill Clinton dabbled in the underage vagina streets. It's true. There were, you know, some logs on the airship Lolita that said he was aboard quite a bit. Oh, they had logs. Maybe a suspicious amount of times. Really? Yeah. No, but I think he was just, you know, post up on the beach, kick your feet back, put your arms behind your head, spray some, some tanning lotion all over yourself. Not getting any oral sex from any underage girls. Not me, Bill Clinton. No siree. So, Adam, you're going on the record right now saying that William Clinton was at Epstein's Island for the jet skiing. Maybe just the sun. Not the jet ski. I heard they had a great buffet. Absolutely. Yeah. Crab, ahi tuna, caught fresh. Toddler cock. He's gay now? No, he's not gay. He's gay? I forgot it's like a heterosexual island from what I know. <laughs> it's very heterosexual. <laughs> hey, it's funny that you just said the logs because um, you know whose podcast I started listening to is uh, Shane Gillis. He's, a, he's the man. Dude. Hilarious I back guy. Shane. He responded yeah. to me when I DM'd him on Instagram, too. So I got a soft spot for him. So he 
was on Legion of Skanks with me when I was in New York. Which, by the way, if you ever want to do a Great New York podcast. comedy run, Great podcast. go on some people's podcasts out in New York. Maybe we could do that sometime. Woo! Yeah, Ryan Long's out there. He's in the scene. It's about to be a, a beautiful time. Yes, Ryan Long. About to be a beautiful time out in New York. It's going to be an incredible winter for the next few months. The leaves are a-changing, Adam. They are. But, um, okay, so we did Legion of Skanks together, and... I was kind of conceiving of him as like, oh, right, this guy is a comedian. I've heard of him. I don't remember anything specifically about him. I forgot that he was like the guy that got canceled from yeah. Saturday Night Live because he maliciously hates Asian people, apparently. Of or course. Something. Or like he used the word chink one time on a podcast. So I guess he's a hate monger. And right. then somebody on the pod, it's not even clear if they were a cast member. They might have been a writer. Right. The, I have proof that like a straight up communist who i used to follow on instagram writes for saturday night live now they are so woke and such yeah. pussies one of them canceled him for saying that right right it's amazing that asian people went from like literally inventing karate the most badass thing in the world and fireworks and gunpowder a lot of stuff right more and, stuff and but they went from that to like shane gillis needs to be removed from saturday night live absolutely they, yeah the karate i guess wasn't well, enough let's be clear though that I don't think Asians as a whole are very woke people. <laughs> I would agree. I would. I think Asians as a whole, if you were to ask them, like, what is woke, they would not know what you're talking about. Mm-mm. You ever go to China? These motherfuckers are not reading Twitter. I'm afraid to go well, to China. Well, I think it's banned in, Twi- in um, China. But... Dude, I would not. I've talked too much shit about China on the internet to go there. Yeah, I probably should also not go there. We probably shouldn't. But, but dude, I've it... been there multiple times, and these people are not. They're not woke. No, they hate it, dude. From what I could tell. Well, Asians, first of all, my girlfriend works at a sushi restaurant. The most racist person, from what I've heard, who exists on the planet is her head sushi chef. Really? This guy, somebody walked in once, I think it was during the month of June, and said, Hi, do you have rainbow rolls on the menu? Her chef responds, Oh, we have no rules for homosexual here. <laughs> Which, first of all, fucking legend. That's great. Yeah. Fucking legend for a guy to make that joke at his own restaurant in 2022. Right. But also, he doesn't let Chinese people sit at the bar. He's Japanese, uh. and he's so racist against all the sub races in Asia right. that the Chinese, the Vietnamese, Probably people from Laos. No, right. No service. Isn't that insane that all every fucking culture is racist against each other, but then somehow white people take the brunt of the of yes. the blame because they were just the best at being racist, apparently. And I think I think now, Adam, I think white people are probably the least racist people because we've gotten so much shit for being racist right. that you like every day when I wake up, I do fifteen minutes of like PC conditioning, like, right? Like black people don't steal, Jews don't have all the money. <laughs> Let's get through the day, Danny. Come on. Let's be a good guy. So this, I, I've sworn to not like make this whole podcast about me talking about being in New York, right? But we did have one situation in which that dynamic was abundantly clear to me. We're in Boston. We're backstage at the show. Josh's brother shows up. Now, Josh, yes. Josh, am I allowed to talk about this? Oh, we're talking about he shrugged. It, Josh. Josh's brothers are like him, pasty-skinned Jewish New Englandites, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Not the types that you would expect to maybe be dating someone of the ebony persuasion. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> but so we're backstage at the show, and one of his brothers walks in with a young black lady on his arm that apparently he's getting married to. So shout out to them. Literally, this is what happened in my brain as I took a look at them. I thought, he's dating a black girl. Don't say anything. 
Mm. Don't make it weird. Mm. Yes, it's out of the ordinary, mm-hmm. but don't say something. Yep, yep, You're yep, white. You yep, don't want to yep. make it weird. I turn my head 20 degrees. I see AD. And AD is just like, woo! He got one of us. Let's go! He's jumping out of his chair. He couldn't believe it. And I'm like, this is the subtle racism that we now there live we with. AD is allowed to say whatever the fuck he wants. Yes. Yes. I'm over here living in a prison of doubt and shame. You can't say anything about it. You can't say anything. And I'm okay with that because realistically, if that's all I have to give up to live in this modern multicultural world, I guess that's okay, right? Yeah. I mean, life's going pretty good for you, buddy. Yeah, it's going okay. And also, I mean, your your organization is so self-sustaining now that when you were in New York, me and the boys held down the fort here. You did, yeah. You're on Tuesday. You came in. We came in on Tuesday. We we fucking held down the fort. It was so tight seeing you and Lush sitting side by side, two very very different whites. Lush, so for he got like jumped into a Hispanic gang in prison. <laughs> I thought he was Jewish or something. He is Jewish. He has a Jewish yeah, right. last name, right? Yeah. He. I didn't know what the fuck he was. I just knew I didn't like him. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Lush is cool, but. That was, I had a great show with T. Rell and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That was sweet. Flacco is always great. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, dude, I, I mean, we held it down, dude. The office, free reign of this place. Yeah, that was I good. Went, I went in your office. I noticed the lights were on, so I was wondering <laughs> I like, when exactly that kicked in, yeah. I banged the light of the plug flashlight, sat in your chair, and just went, oh, yeah, I'm fucking Smeared some lotion on the box. I got a big dick. I'm I rich. got stuff I could tell you about the whole uh, flashlight thing. I got to remember to tell you off camera. Well, me. I My first experience... Off camera? I got to tell you off camera. Why do you got to tell me off camera? Because there's secrets in this business. <sighs> Dude. <clears throat> the first fleshlight I fucked was my first roommate's when I was 18. Really? And I moved in with this guy who was like 31 years old. Right. I had two older roommates. The first night I lived there, one of the dudes pulled me into an orgy with two chicks. 18 years old, fresh-faced little kid. Amazing. Having an orgy with someone that you barely even know just because you happen to be roommates, that's cool. Icebreaker. Yeah. Can you say icebreaker? <laughs> Can you say, I'm never paying my rent. Mm-hmm. I've got dirt on you. That was a different time, though, Adam. That's true. That you could not blackmail people with sex stuff in 2008, right. which is when this was. Yeah. But yeah, I had to. Thankfully, he had an average-sized cock because I was really insecure about it as a little 18-year-old man. You were so, worried about your cock at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And right. if he pulled out a hammer, I would have been, if he pulled out, say, we're going to get to the this later an antonio brown sized cock right that would have been an issue that would have been an but issue. i was able to you know rub my little wiener the, the only hard. reason why i mentioned shane gillis earlier by the way and this is like a really rich tapestry of a podcast with so many different things going on I like but what we're doing it's art shane gillis i just heard him he's talking to his friend having a conversation his co-host whose name i'm forgetting but i'm apparently going to get both of them on no jumper who knows maybe maybe on sledge lords as well i'd love to have shane that would be great but he's talking to his boy about the consistency of their shit and about how you could eat the same thing every day. I was having this conversation with somebody. I forget if it was on air or not. You could eat the same thing every day, and the the texture of your shit is like a fucking roulette wheel, where mm. sometimes you're going to end up with a log, and sometimes mm. you're going to end up with dye, which is short for diarrhea. And I just like mm. the, the log versus dye conversation, because like, every day when I wake up, I might wake up and take a solid shit go get my workout in, come back in, and just spit out the craziest couple of grams worth of diarrhea. Like, I, I have no idea why my stomach does the things it does. So I I refute that because my shit is consistent as, I don't know, the, the sun rising in the morning in the east. Really? You, I think you must be turning in, because my diet is always the same. I go to Trader Joe's, I buy the same 
three pre-made salads plus the same apples and peanut butter. Eat it. My shit comes out at 10.30 a.m. every morning. It always looks the same. That's what you eat every day? Dude, I... Got high for the first time and went shopping a couple months ago. Okay. And, and you I bought going... enough salad mix that it's still lasting you to this day? <laughs> no, that's not where I was going. <laughs> where I was going is I've been going to the same Trader Joe's since I moved back to L.A. Mm. I went to college in L.A., moved away, came back in 2018, been here for four and a half years. Been going to the same Trader Joe's, been buying the same lemon spinach arugula salad and Cobb salad pre-made, plus... Ground beef, vegetables, Granny Smith apples, and organic crunchy peanut butter every time I go. This is exactly what I need to be eating. It's Would you be stuff? fat if you weren't doing these things? Perhaps. So this is the reason why, because I always thought you were just skinny. Well, now I'm realizing you're skinny because you are forcing yourself to eat this extremely strict diet because you're a prima donna. Listen, dude, that's it has nothing to do with my ego or my desires in show business, so okay. you're going to have to retract that statement. <laughs> my grandfather, I would just tell him some of the guys, because you know when I walk in here, it's a big deal. The guys are like, oh, Danny Mullen, there's grabbing and touching, and I'm like, right. hands off. One of the guys grabbed my jersey and said, what's this? Why did you wear this today? Right. And I said, hey, listen, this on the back? It says Mullen. Ooh. I got it custom made for a video because my grandfather played for the Green Bay Packers in 1963. Really? Offensive lineman, built like a grizzly bear. Wow. But look at these little legs. No, you can't I'm play like football. Pinocchio. Yeah. I could, oh, I would get, we're get into the football up. stuff earlier. We should do that momentarily. But, but also, uh, wait, what were you saying? I was just saying that I went into this Trader Joe's high and I realized they must think because I'm getting the same people bagging my groceries every time or it turns over a couple times a week but i go in there twice a week so i'm seeing a lot of repeat business they must think a i can't cook and b i'm a psycho because it's always the same things that like again it's it's pre-made salads the same quantity every single time right and it just i don't even remember what point i'm trying to make No, but i like those pre-made salads from trader joe's they're delicious they're healthy i like option. consistency like but, I don't want to wear the same thing every day because I'm on camera. That seems like it would be kind of boring. It would be like it would be more of a thing for me to wear the same sh- same shit. Like if I just bought thirty plain black tees or plain you match today. By the way, you look good. Yeah, I did that on purpose. Um, but anyway, I, I I do that. I would like to do that. Like when I hear about like Mark Zuckerberg wearing the same outfit every day, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. that really appeals to me. Mm-hmm. Take the time and the thought out of it. But when it comes to food. I genuinely feel like if I eat exactly the same thing every day, that's probably best case scenario for my mind. Yes, you go to a restaurant from time to time, you get some other shit. But for the meals that I'm eating consistently, I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything in life by just eating a very strict Spartan diet. But that's why you get logs and die, dude. You're getting logs and die because there's too much variety. No, but I eat very strict at this point in my life. I've been eating, I, I eat the same thing every day. I eat four eggs and bacon in the morning. Yeah. And then I eat. Uh, like either a salad, uh, I order Postmates. I'll either get two salads or I'll get two like protein and like you know vegetable side type meals. I order from basically like Erewhon, Mendocino Farms, quality stuff, Sweet Green, high end restaurants. A, oh, uh, Goop, the Gwyneth Paltrow. That one doesn't sound as good. You haven't seen Goop? it? Goop. I want nothing to do with Goop. Their food is guaranteed to have almost no poop in it, despite the name. But Goop is it's a company owned by Gwyneth Paltrow, right? It's like a mail order fucking you can get all your like stupid bullshit like that women like, you know? And at one point they actually got in trouble well, not in trouble, like social media canceled because they had a a vagina scented candle. 
Right. So you have to put all of that outside of your head when you're going to have to accept that it's also one of the better places to order salads on Postmates. A vagina-scented candle. I'm confused. They send women's hygiene products out? You said things women need. It's the tampons. It's, not a, it's, a, t- it's a candle. It's not a, it's not a woman-scented. It's, it's not woman. Or it's not like a sexual product. It's just a candle that apparently has some sort of scent that is adjacent to a vagina. But that's not, I think the majority of their stuff is like health type stuff, you know, I don't know. Uh, Josh, can you take a note to get one of these pussy scented candles in for the next episode of Sledge Lords? I'm going to be real. I would dude, love to smell that. That is a great idea, but I don't think that they have them anymore. Also, it sounds so gross. Yeah, because pussies, a good smelling pussy doesn't smell. Doesn't smell like much. I'm going to be honest with you. I have been holding this in for weeks, maybe months. I did a scene with a girl the other day. Oh, no. Let's say like a couple months ago, just to make it real. We're going to make it very broad time Very broad, bro. Her vagina had a straight infection in it. Let me tell you something. Sharing good sex with your lover is cool. Like it it feels good to like Mm -hmm. bang a chick with your girl and have like a really good sexual experience and everything. I would say it has maybe even brought us closer together to have smelled this disgusting pussy together. Wow. Mind blowing. It's like, you know, when two guys get shipped off to Iraq to fight a war together, maybe if they didn't like each other in basic, they become best friends. Yeah. But instead of their tank rolling over an IED together, you and Lena, and it probably looked like an IED went off in this bitch's pussy. Probably 20 times in the past month I've texted her and I've said, holy shit, can you remember so-and-so's pussy? What was wrong with it? Oh, I'm pretty sure she had a straight up like, uh, what's it called? Vaginal vaginosis or some shit? Vaginitis, I'm pretty some, sure, is a technical term. There was something growing in there, bruh. Like a plant? A fungus? A fern. That sounds kind of nice, actually. Yeah. That's better than a mushroom. Well, I, I mean, if, parents... if, you, if you'll put plants in the house, although I think that one's fake, why not put a plant in a vagina? Yeah, absolutely. Spruce it up. Yeah, it didn't go green. Play this clip for me. The Antonio Brown? Yeah. And, and it, well, well, can we oh, talk do you about, want to intro it in a certain way? Yeah. I mean, I on Sunday morning, I was trying to enjoy my vacation. It was me, my girlfriend, my dad, you know, just throwing the football on the beach. I saw come across my Twitter feed, though, that Antonio Brown was in Dubai or Abu Dhabi getting up to mischief again. Right. And I know you probably don't follow the NFL. I guess me and Josh are the only people in the building who do. Never watch the game. Don't even know how to play the game. It, it's You're not an athletic person like myself and Josh are. It's okay. I choose to utilize my athletic talents in other ways. In much better ways than playing football. You, so basically it's like 30 dudes just standing there, and one of the guys throws the ball backwards between his legs, and then another guy has it, and he has to look out at all the dudes and like pick out one of them to throw it to. And then that dude is going to run down the field yeah. and, like, get tackled by a million motherfuckers. He has to sort of skip skedaddle all around them. Yep. I don't, I don't Listen, understand. Listen, Adam, you don't know pleasure until you're playing QB and you walk up behind a 300-pound fat man who's bent over like he's ready to take it in the ass. Right. You put your thumbs up on either side of his nutsack between those sinewy, big, thick thighs, and you say, hike. And he gives you a hike. ball. And you slide that ball across his gooch and bring it back. Why hike? And then throw it at a black guy. What a stupid word. Hike. Yeah. It's almost a slur. Hike. It's close. No. To the you know the the Jewish one. No, that one's fine. But uh, no hike. 
Hike. Like literally like going around and walking in the woods. Hike. What does that have to do with this fucking stupid uh, game? I didn't think of that. Yeah, it's, it could be anything else. Well, where did Bike ride. From? Yeah, yeah. It could Parasailing. Be yeah. Jogging. Outdoor activities. It's just, why? I, I think they say it because it pierces the crowd noise. It's like a K consonant. Antonio Brown, though, since last year, he stormed off the field during a Buccaneers versus Jets game. Right. He ripped off his shirt, threw up the deuces, and quit the team in the middle of the game. Hmm. Now, that came after he'd been accused of, I think, whipping his cock out on an athletic trainer. He showed up to Raiders practice in a hot air balloon, which is, that's badass. I mean, that's like 18th century nobility status. Okay. Like just showing up to a practice and, you know. This, though, what he did this weekend, and can we pull up the clip, Josh? Just the image, really. We don't need the video. Of him jerking off? It's it's the most consummate, I'm jerking the fuck off right now right. pose that I've ever seen. Like the New York Post image that I saw or whatever from their Twitter account. It yeah, it looks that like one. it looks like he's stretching his dick out and that his dick is maybe like 14 inches long. It's unbelievable. Let's keep going down, Josh. I want that there it is. Jesus. That, that that pose just I'm a black guy with a foot long minimum minimum right. cock and I'm going to pleasure myself right now. And everybody on this pool deck has to deal with it. But he's saying that this is incorrect framing. He's saying that basically, like, he didn't expose himself to the woman, that this woman is, like, somebody that he was with, that he was having a good time with, right? Now, I think you're still going to get kicked out of the hotel for exposing your gigantic dick in the pool, but, <laughs> If I mean, he was white and it was six inches, you think he would have been allowed to stay? Uh, probably not, no. I think so. I think I'm realistically, probably not. I mean, I, they're pretty racist I feel like Dubai. showing, yeah, but you don't really need to be racist to, like, get kicked out of a hotel for, like, showing your dick it's uh, th that's a highly look at what a dick. great time let, let me read his response here josh scroll down every chance they get to sway the heat off themselves they use me in the video you can clearly see she runs off with my swim trunks if roles were reversed the headlines would read ab having a wild night with a nude female yet when it's me it's automatically become a hate crime it's crazy to me that even after i retire there's diff disinformation coming out about me ironically during a time when the nfl is getting heat for allowing players to play when they're clearly concussed they been using black men as guinea pigs i'm sorry i just i'm not really buying it i feel like she seemed like she was a consensual participant in this crazy dick slang and now let, let's be clear probably not supposed to pull your dick out in the pool at a public pool in dubai a very conservative country it doesn't seem like any sort of like criminal act was committed by him upon her right you know dude i when i sent you the news article in the morning i just like the pose just made me laugh so it was loud. just long dick yeah because stretching your dick out is a really important technique in public places really yeah I, I talked about this on the no jumper show at one point how there was a time where i went skinny dipping with my friends when i was maybe 18 and you know we're all like we we, we didn't expect that we were going to come upon this uh swimming hole so we all just like take our shorts off we're going to go in and before i go in subconsciously i'm yanking my cock i'm pulling it Even stretching it. all dudes yes and uh Status and one of my friends like he's conscious of what i'm doing he looks at me he goes why are you stretching your dick out and i realize I'm stretching my dick out because I want my dick to look long when mm -hmm. we're all going swimming together. Mm -hmm. so even at that time, I was sort of, you know, worried about how people were going to think of my cock. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was kind of awkward to realize that this is something that I actually was doing. I couldn't mm -hmm. deny it. My hand, my dick was in hand. I was stretching it out. Mm -hmm. His, that's what it looks like he's doing yes. in that in that blurred screenshot. And I remember a funny story that there was a time when I was hanging out with uh, Danny Duncan. And this, I don't know why I'm telling the story right now. Right. But we were talking about dicks, 
And uh, for some reason, I, he just hired me on to, to um, help him do videos. It was really early in my YouTube career. I really? was like thinking about doing something with him. And he was talking about cocks, and I wanted to show him my cock all of a sudden. Right. I had this like overwhelming urge to show Danny Duncan my cock so he knew I was cool. And That's how square. I feel every time I'm with you. And, I, and I've, I've seen your cock. I would still actually appreciate it. It would be a sign of camaraderie if you could just bust it out limp in the studio. But I stretched <laughs> out my dick. And that would be a good. That would be good for this podcast. In just, just flash me. <laughs> just staring but, at my limp cock. Danny Duncan said to me. Danny Duncan said to me, he's like, dude, why are you stretching out your cock right now? Yeah. He was like, dude, why are you stretching it out? I so was we're like, like the same dude. We did the same thing, but you did it as a grown man in front of a famous YouTuber. I did it to Danny <laughs> Duncan, dude. Also, AB, and again, I, I don't want to cancel him either. I'm not saying what right. he did was bad. I'm just amazed by the dick, but more importantly, that pose. I know a girl who he tried to get to snort blow off his dick. And she told me she didn't do it, but she she might have. And also, it wasn't Look how like, long it is. How could you not snort coke off it? Dude, you I would. Be, you would be gacked out. There's if you nothing inherently gay, yeah. There's nothing inherently gay about snorting coke off another dude's dick. Not at all. And especially if it's long. Because like with your dick, it's like, I'm going to have to be all up in there. My face is going to be rubbing against your pubic hair. Absolutely. With his dick, it's like, we, I might be in a different room. And then, Adam, what's the problem with cocaine? It's expensive. What do you not want to do? Pay for lose it. Even, <laughs> no, you don't want to lose even a grain of the stuff. Right. So if it's against a black cock, can you say relief? Right. Relief in the sense that it really stands out against the skin tone. You're going to be able to keep track of every crystal. Because I remember one time I was uh, super coked out and I was suggesting to this girl that she do a line of coke off my dick. The problem is, is that she had been slurping on it. So it was kind of wet. Mm. It's like most basic like thing you don't do with coke is you don't put it on a wet surface. You have Can't. to dry the surface off before you put it on there. Because uh. otherwise it's going to turn into this sort of like pasty, moldy goop. It's going to turn into like an anti-itch cream that you like rub onto the back of your tongue. Do you, I feel like that's like the gayest thing ever. Anti-itch cream? Anti-itch cream. Like just scratch it, you fucking pussy. <laughs> your anti-anti-itch cream? <laughs> yeah, I just don't. Like for me, if I had an itch, I'm just going to let it rock until whatever is causing the itch goes away. This is a very laissez-faire attitude. But sometimes, Adam, you know, it can really make the problem worse when you're constantly picking at it. For right. instance, right now... I had a ringworm recently from jujitsu. Oh my god, I've had it. It I, sucks. I had a ringworm, and scratching at it wasn't the problem. In fact, I did scratch at it, and it scabbed up, and I made it last probably an extra week from doing that. Mm. Had I got some anti-itch cream, I would have been good to go. Josh, let's pull up, because I did want to show Adam, the man who doesn't understand the pleasures of hiking a ball out of a 300-pound man's groin. I want to show him the hit that turned Antonio Brown into this cock-stroking menace that he is today. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Play this. I want to see the, the CTE. Yeah, because you don't understand, dude. The concussion. You don't, you don't get it. So you think he was like a normal guy before this? Yeah, he was He was thinking about getting into, um, I don't know, like a, being a tax professional before this. Oh, did it? That, that was his post that That's him career. in the yellow? Yeah, right here. Oh, well, that just like ripped his fucking head off his body, huh? Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, because he's getting driven one way by the guy, and then the other dude sort of yanks his neck and his head the other way. <sighs> Damn, so he had like a gnarly concussion from this? Beyond gnarly. Life-changing concussion. I'm going to be honest with you. I think that this game should be illegal. 
It probably should. I don't think it's right to like tell kids that this is a normal thing to do with your life. It's it's too dangerous. NFL. I feel the same way when I see my friends making their little kids like ride their BMX bikes off fucking 15 stairs and shit. And I'm just like, listen, if you become an adult and you decide that this is what you want to do with yourself, that's cool. I think as an adult, I personally would not be able to live with myself if yeah. I fucking was guiding kids into these extremely dangerous sports, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you put a kid in peewee football, he's going to be not that vicious of a hit, but right. he's going to be taking hits that are going to be doing not good stuff to his brain right. when it's developing. We have a lot of good sports that don't seem to be really that correlated with head injuries. I mean, basketball, people love it. But that's You're not really whacking your head against people. It's just not part of it. You don't have to wear this crazy stormtrooper suit with a giant fucking helmet and pads in your arms and whatnot, you know? People like basketball, Adam, but the viewership of the NBA has dropped off dramatically recently. Really? And football has just been going up and up and up and up and up and up and up. Well, I understand that people want to see concussions. They do. They want to see people get hurt. I mean, dude, this is the sport. It's maybe the one sport, this and UFC, where I could never even... Like, I could get out there with LeBron and try to shoot a layup. Right. He swats the ball away, who cares? I could still go try. I would not set foot on a football field ever. Oh, hell no. Even a college or a high school football field because it scares me. Right. And therefore, I can't look away. And the byproduct is we have a dude named Antonio rubbing his cock in the desert. But it's something we got to deal with as a society, I feel. Definitely. Something else that I would really like to deal with as a society is, uh, what are your thoughts on Lena Dunham? Lena Dunham. Can you pull up a picture of Lena Dunham? She's the chick from Girls. You never, never watched Girls. Let me see this chick. She's not much to look at. Let's let's thank say you, that thank much. you. By the way, Josh, whoever wheeled this TV in here is a hero. Yeah, this is helpful. What's Lena Dunham been up to, Adam? Well, look, at, go to that second photo right there. Man, she looks like shit. She got fat as fuck. Um, so did her guy's not looking great either. Her guy looks like is. he got ran over by Antonio Brown. <laughs> Antonio Brown busting a nut on his face. <laughs> no, shout out to her though. I mean, she got fat as fuck, but I guess she's probably happy with it. Um, she tweeted it out, I think, yesterday. When I go, I want my casket to be driven through the New York City Pride Parade with a bl- with a plaque that reads, "She wasn't for everyone, but she was for us." Who can arrange? She is being, I would say, you know, it's it's rare when you bust out a tweet that manages to get people on both sides to come at you. So you've got you've got the gay community that's basically saying, like, um, hey, we don't need you to be our fucking superhero. She's you know? not gay, right? No. Straight I, chick. I believe that's she's straight. I mean, she might be a little gay, but she's Basically straight, as far as I know. Sort of like you and I. She might, Yeah, a little tinge of bisexuality, yeah, as far as I know. But think about this. When I go, I want my casket to be driven through the New York City Pride Parade with a plaque that read, she wasn't for everyone, but she was for us. Lena Dunham, what would make you think that the gays who have spent their lives orchestrating this parade, I would assume it's a pretty involved ordeal, why would you want your casket to be driven through the Pride Parade just because you were, what, like a decent ally? Yeah. Just because you didn't commit any homophobic acts you never you never matthew shepherded out on someone like i mean that doesn't seem like enough you know adam when i die i want to be buried next to the good doctor (laughs) martin luther king jr who said his fight wasn't as well known as the good doctors but danny mullen's contribution was just as strong right i'm a black social justice warrior and i want to be treated correctly when i die when you when i die i would like the local black lives matter office 
to really be excavated so that they can make space for my tomb to exist oh, under the floorboards. Like a mausoleum. I believe that as a good ally that this is the kind of thing that they yeah. should invite. Yeah, absolutely. And they should. there should be some sort of like ritual of respect paid to you at 9 a.m. every morning before yeah. they get started working. Definitely. Yeah, 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 of course. That is how important me being a good ally seems to be to me in terms of my contribution. But anyway, the reason why the right is pissed off at her about this is because, I mean— even the conservatives can see how tone deaf this is. They're yes. offended on behalf of the gay community. Yes. And then also the gay community almost in its entirety, because I don't believe that the gay community had that much love for Lena Dunham in the first place. I didn't even know who the fuck she is. Honestly, that show girls that I'm telling you about. And look, look at that photo. Scroll, scroll down just a, a smear. You can actually see when she look at that picture right there. The third one. That's like more of what she looked like when I was observing her TV show. Because the show Girls, I would like to actually know what you thought of it if you watched a few episodes of it. It was basically like a comedy created to tell the life story of the average white hipster woman in New York City, which means almost no black people. Yes. You seemingly like don't have a job. You yes. just get to hang out in Williamsburg for your entire life. Mm-hmm. Um and I thought it was very, very good, despite those critiques that I just threw in there. Yeah, I yeah. loved it. I'm, I'm talking like 2012 or whatever. Mm-hmm. I watched like three seasons of it. Adam Driver got his start from that show. Adam Driver, the guy in Star Wars who right. was like the Darth Vader's something. I heard about that, yeah. But anyway, she um, she's really kind of gone in this like sort of steep nosedive career-wise since then. And she's had a couple of other uh, moments that really stood out. One of them was... She, I think, and, and like, and I, and I might be fucking some of the details of this, but she was talking about how she basically like fingered her her little sister. It's like she she talked about it, I think, in her memoir, and it was basically like her admitting to like molesting her yeah, younger yeah. sister. But because she's a chick, nobody cares. Well, but I would say people did care, and people kind of wanted to call her out for the hypocrisy of that, and her feeling so comfortable admitting it. And then the other thing was that she had a quote where she said that she was almost ashamed that she had never had an abortion. Because she was not able to have expressed that, you know, that's the ultimate act of womanhood is killing your child. Not having the baby and raising it to maturity. So is this sort of the Jussie Smollett school of becoming relevant again? I'm not sure that she is like actually falsely reported a hate crime, but I would say that her existence is probably worse than a hate crime. Yeah, <laughs> all the hate crimes combined, really. But I mean, you get what I'm saying, though. You make you make yourself relevant after a career nosedive by doing woke stuff. But she has no idea. Like she says woke shit all the time, from what I could tell. Yeah. I can't follow her on Twitter because she has actually blocked me, which I can explain here. But. You said her existence is worse than a hate crime. Uh, no explaining necessary. I can see why she wouldn't like she that. She should block Sludge Lords as well because I think that the, the Sludge Lords Twitter, we should only follow her. I love it. And not even us. Yeah, yeah. We'll drive like people that to idea. her. Yeah, how, but how long do you think it will take before she blocks Sludge Lords? How big is the Sledge Lords Twitter presence right now? I'm going to assume it's like 50 to 60 followers. I think those 50 to 60 followers can make a lot of noise. Let's find out. Yeah, but we are not encouraging them to harass her. Absolutely not. <laughs> I, uh, absolutely. I got no problem with Mrs. Dunham. I, again, think it was a little tone deaf. Also, uh, 61 followers. That was a pretty good guess. Is there any content on there? I noticed our Instagram Sledge Lords has no images yet. No, nothing. Oh, well, guys, stay tuned. <laughs> the first one's going to be Adam's limp cock. I am, uh, I'm planning on creating a more... Like we we need timestamps and we need uh we need clips. Like I need to be able to actually. I, I think we might have some clips from this episode. A lot of our other episodes, realistically, 
Not a lot of clips. Who's to say that, though? Well, I look through the timestamps, and I don't really see anything that stands out to me as a clip. I got a nose for clips, dude. I can take care of this. For sure, yeah. I mean, if uh, I had a, a, a timestamp guy, I wasn't really, I don't know. You the timestamps have to be pretty in-depth. You don't have to explain anything to me, dude. Whatever. It's okay. We can get general. This show, we, we change topics a lot, too. And while we're on the subject... Wait, wait, can I just tell you why she banned me? Tell me about she why blo- Lena She blocked you. me on Twitter because back in the day, we're talking like 2013 when I was still watching her show, she banned me because she tweeted something about smoking weed, and I co-tweeted her, and I wrote... You are so lame that if you start smoking weed, the smoking weed is going to become lame too. Please don't ruin it for all of us. I, I think I kind of earned my block because that is pretty cruel. That's very strange behavior given you just told me you liked her show. Yeah, but just her Twitter personality. It's like there's something that happens between you updating your Twitter and then your ideas being shaped into a TV show where a lot of like the cringiness of your personality can kind of be removed in the process of the show mm. being whittled down. There's a lot of different writers, mm. there's actors, mm. there's all these producers, et cetera. They kind of like make the show better. Sure. Whereas if she had been the sole person sure. involved, like Euphoria is all like one dude writing everything. Yeah. Uh, I think that the show would have sucked. It's like my videos. When I go out and shoot a vlog for the Danny Mullen channel, the raw vlog mm. would be pretty rough. Right. A lot of misfires on the jokes. A lot of jokes right. where I say something straight up racist or homophobic. We got to go snip, snip, snip I can and tell, make it all picture perfect. I can tell that you'll bust a joke out and like it would make sense to include the response of the person. But instead it just ends right after the joke. And I'm like, it prob- he probably got like a. How do you live with yourself? Or, or, You're or, disgusting. Or not even that. Just what? You know, like you, you say something oh. funny and they're like, what? Oh, like they saying, just genuinely don't understand what you're saying. It's like that would kill the humor of the joke, right? If I'm, you're saying Maybe. I'm enhancing my comedy by getting rid of the response from the audience. I think it's fair to do so. I do do so anyway. Yeah, lot. of course. I do so a lot. Yeah. Let it Dunham. That's interesting that you admired her show, didn't like her Twitter personality, blocked her. While we're she on blocked the, me. Excuse me. Uh, While we're on the subject of pride, I know we wanted to talk about the movie Bros, which <laughs> my dad texts me. This morning, on my way here, I just landed, just got in from Tahoe, I'm driving. I get a text from my dad that Billy Eichner from the new romantic comedy movie, Bros, right. a, a gay-centric romantic comedy, groundbreaking, and I got nothing against Billy Eichner. His show Billy on the Street was funny, but I guess he's going off on supposed homophobes. Weirdos. In spe- Homophobic weirdos. That's what he said. In certain parts of the country. Right. He didn't call those parts of the country out, but I'm sure we can all guess. Actually, you know what? It sounds like the whole country didn't show up for the opening of that film. But and, they only grossed $4 million. And this the is the amazing office. thing about it to me, is that I am a person who, in the year 1997 or 2001, back when it was still kind of a thing to go to the movies, I went to the movies. Yeah, me too. Girl would say, hey, you want to go to the movies? Couple of friends, hey, Friday night, let's go to the movies. I would go to the movies. I wasn't like some huge movie guy, but I would go to the movies. It was a normal part of our culture. Over the course of the past 20 years, pretty much, you've seen that completely dissipate to the point where now, if you were to say to me, hey, Adam, would you like to go to the movies with me and my girl and and your girl? Would would you? Sure, I guess, but only because it seems like such a quaint notion. Yeah. It's, it's so out of the ordinary. Yeah. It would stand out to me so much. It would be like you asking me to go berry picking with you. You know, it's yeah. such an old school thing to do. A very small percentage of people are still down to go to the movies. What? And when you look at what movies get made, there's this assumption of like, oh yes, they'll make ten Spider-Man movies. They'll make ten Batman movies. They'll make movies about you know famous uh, sports figures and shit like that, or like extremely 
polarizing or like important cultural issues. You know, you make a movie about fucking 9-11. Like, it's like 20 years ago, but they made a movie about Facebook. You know, that makes sense because this is like a big tent experience that everybody in the culture is sort of taking part in. And now we're supposed to be surprised that a movie about a sexual orientation that maybe like 5 to 10% of people have mm-hmm. was not extremely well received. I'm sorry. Nobody is a fuck about romantic comedies. And I, as a heterosexual man, I reserve the right to not care about your stupid gay movie. What do you say? Ooh, hard to follow that up. First of all, when was berry picking a leisure activity? Well, in New Hampshire, it was probably a little bit more normal than it was out here. It was bigger than it was in California. <laughs> no, it's not even that out of the ordinary here. You can still, you drive to the valley, there's a million fucking berry picking spots. Dude, but Knott's but it's Berry like, Farm? They you, probably pick berries at Knott's Berry's Farm. Do they? I thought that was like an amusement park. Yeah, but it's named after a guy who invented right. the boysenberry. But all you have to do, drive up to the valley, there's a million berry picking spots. Hey, you do it with your kids, hey, you do it with your girl. It's me, a stupid you, thing to me, do. Me, you, Lena, Mia? Yeah. Your child? I mean, you could go to Whole Foods. Not as fun. Right. The gay movie, as you put it beautifully. Yeah. yeah, it's what you're saying is you can't be surprised that a subculture that about 5% of America is involved in didn't open well. It would be like, and Billy Eichner was getting mad because his little thing didn't appear appeal to America. Right. It would be like if you made a movie about smoking weed, hip hop, and having threesomes with your fiance. That yeah. seems relatively mainstream. Right? Like, know, that sounds like something that movie. way more people could get behind. I yeah. was thinking of it more like, okay, they've made some skateboarding movies, right? Yeah, dude, Lords but, of Dogtown? Not not that many. You know, like, or, but I'm talking about like real movies. They've made a few movies about skateboarding and stuff. It's happened. It's not something that they consistently do. Why? Because even though skateboarding is really fucking popular, it's really not that popular when you think about yeah. like how popular something needs to be for a movie to be made about it. Whereas on the other hand, the fucking uh, the Muhammad Ali movie seems like it was very very popular. Yes. Like one probably the most popular boxer of all time, I guess, uh in one of the biggest sports of all time. It makes sense to me that they would make a movie about Muhammad Ali. I get it. And maybe they make a movie about Tony Hawk at some point. I could see it. But like in general, yeah. why are they not going to make a movie about Kandama? Because it's tiny. It doesn't appeal to that many people. Why would you assume that your niche sexual preference is going to be the sort of thing that people are going to turn out for in droves? Let me illustrate a point, too. Yes. You answer yes or no. Okay. Hey, Adam, I'm a pro skater. Right. I'm going to nollie backside big flip El Toro. Right. You want to watch? I do. Let's try this now. Adam, I'm a gay man. <laughs> I'm about to bend Josh over the console and fuck his tight little asshole. He's wearing bondage gear. You want to watch? No. Not me so much. I mean... That might be relevant. I think this, That might be relevant. This movie seems like the, the, the evidence that we needed to know that dudes are grossed out by other dudes, fucking dudes, and that women, and I don't know the demographic breakdown of of who went to this movie, but I would assume women are not terribly interested in it either. I mean, yeah. if you were to make like a, a lesbian film. Mm-hmm. No. I, I, I would assume it no. would appeal to a very small percentage of people. I mean, how curious are you about the lived experiences of lesbian women? Two JV women's basketball <laughs> coaches petting cats and eating pussy? No right. thanks. Right. No thanks. Yeah, yeah, you're raising uh you're raising a really good point here. The they women make, too. They make movies about Spider Man because everybody who knows who Spider Man is, everybody's got a little bit of skin in the game. Everybody mm-hmm. knows a, a little bit about what the whole Spider Man thing is all about. Yes. 
with the gay thing, it's like, okay, we assume that when you have sex with each other that it smells like a urinal. Or worse, Not a even toilet a after yeah, somebody a blew it up. Potty. I meant to say porta potty. There we go, a porta potty. Okay. We can change that. We can fix that <laughs> later on. Post. But the, that movie too. I also I did not see it for I don't want to see guys fuck reasons. I am actually like if two guys were just fucking on the street, right. like one of my buddies, cigar guy, the guy who got fingered in the ass by Kazumi. Even that, your, there was a woman involved, and I was still grossed out by the whole thing. But he sent me a video once. He was backing out of a parking lot in West Hollywood. And the backup cam on his Tesla captured two guys having aggressive anal sex in the parking lot. Wow. He showed me that video, and I watched it glued to the screen because that's something out of the ordinary. The reason I didn't go to see bros is because I, like you were talking about earlier, see going to a movie as something as quaint as going gold mining in them thar hills. Right. I'm not getting – I didn't even go see the one with Tom Cruise and the fighter planes. Right. Top Gun? I couldn't be bothered to go see Top Gun. So, yeah, I'm not going to watch a niche romantic comedy movie that from the trailers looked like it wasn't even written very sharply. Can we watch the trailer? I would love to see the trailer because I did not know that this movie existed. I did not – I, I have not seen the trailer. I didn't hear a peep about it. I don't pay attention to anything in popular culture like this anyway, so I'm not surprised that I didn't know about the it. Tra- but- there was a joke about an old gay guy looking like Dumbledore on steroids. and See, I don't even know what Dumbledore looks like. So you got to really, be into Harry Potter. I hate Harry but Potter. But it was a shitty joke. And oh, Here we go. Let's let people We're going to hear this through our headphones or we take our headphones out? We just watched the trailer. So nobody else saw them. The audience didn't hear the trailer or see the trailer? No, 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 no. Okay. They're going to have to go watch it on YouTube if they want. For the record, the last joke in that trailer was, does anyone remember straight people? And then the chick says, yeah, they had a good run. Yeah. Guess what, bitch? We still matter because we didn't see your fucking movie, and I bet a lot of gay people didn't see your fucking movie either, and now they're never going to make another gay movie again. And while we're at it, I watched Brokeback Mountain. This was like 20 years ago. I shed a little tear. Mm -hmm. I actually felt bad for y'all. No longer. Because of that line. Because of that bullshit-ass trailer, dude. Did you see that? That shit made me angry at all gays. What about the pedophilia part? That shit was fucked up too, bro. That was fucked up. There are two little girls that they hear the adults at the table talk about the bottom dance or doing something bottom-related. And two children. I think a man-child and a woman... I think it's a boy. The, and a girl. the first one who says it though is a girl. She goes, "Ooh, bottom dance," and she starts going like this. And then the boy does it too. Now, granted, like if this was real life, you could imagine that there would be like some sort of offensive or sexual term that you would be using in your day to day life, and maybe at some point the kid starts repeating it back to you, and they they think it's funny, whatever. That kind of shit just sort of happens. Yes. This is the thing: is that let's say that there was like a plug talk related joke yes and my kid for some reason fucking starts repeating something that is like very sexual in nature she doesn't know what it means i'm not putting that out there on the internet and that's real life they they fucking created this this joke i'm sorry it was a little girl saying it but then that little boy walks right the fuck up and he starts doing the bottom dance too they are indoctrinating our children into the cult of gayness of getting fucked in the ass i at least want these kids to become tops Take exactly. control of your life. Exactly. If I have a son and he's gay, he sure as fuck better be fucking the other guy up the butthole. I'm telling my kid that, yeah. Dude, and they put that joke. 
especially with all the controversies surrounding that kind of content, like the Cuties movie, like the stuff we've been talking about with Tiffany Haddish, to put that not just in the film, but in the trailer. I like how you said it like it was a fucking Middle Eastern name. (laughs) Haddish! But no, I agree. I am so and it doesn't help that Lena Denham's fucking face is still up on the TV. You're fired up today, dude. Yeah, I am. But I'm just saying, like, the idea that anyone, the the idea that that movie did, did poorly should have been the assumption going into it, right? Yes. The idea that this fuckhead gets on Twitter yeah. and starts ranting and raving about how het- uh, hom- uh, hetero... No. Hom- homophobic. Mm. I got a little, Heterophobic's a, little lost a thing, there. too, though. This is true. It's much more important, Most really. people who made that film a bit. Right, but the idea that we are all homophobic weirdos for not wanting to see what it seems to me to be an obviously stupid idea for a movie. I mean, I'm offended by the idea that he would have anything to say about that. Yeah, I'm offended by, the as you've made the point, 10% of the population is in that subcategory. The movie is aggressively directed at that 10%. At most, you'd have to say, what's the box office of a middling Hollywood film that came out this year? Well, we're going to divide that by 10. Right. That's what we should be expecting. Are, rom- are romantic comedies a cash cow? Like, do they expect them to do very well more often than not? I think so. Usually when I see or think about romantic comedies, I picture them sort of picking out like a an Angel- Angelina Jolie and a fucking Brad Pitt. And I realize I'm dating myself by like 20 years. But like they pick the most popular yeah. celebrities to star in these things. George Beautiful Clooney, Julia people. Roberts. They just it, released a film with them in it. That kind of thing. We're still going back. Because still you want to like bring people in who are going to attract as many people as possible. Yes. By definition, when you do a, a gay story, you're kind of pushing people away from it. But this is the thing too, is that Brokeback Mountain is a very different time. Brokeback Mountain... That sort of showed us that heterosexual people could be into a movie about gays. And now that that has been done one time, I think it's quite clear that they never need to make another gay movie again. This one failed. Brokeback Mountain did good. Look at box office revenue of romantic comedies in the United States and Canada from 1995 to 2001. Josh is on shit. In the shitter. Look, so, look up bad 2020 as it goes to like zero. So for- 1999 was the high water mark. I wonder which titles came out in 1999 that did all that business. But when I think about 1999, I remember like that was definitely prime Rocom era. And, but just look, even like 2016, why did it get better in 2018? What happened? I don't know. But the, 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 what's this correlates with to me is the era of mobile. Mm. When Facebook and Instagram became a thing on your cell phone, that right. was in 2012, and that's where there's a dramatic drop-off. Right. That killed the movie business, it seems, Yeah, for straights, gays, romantic comedy, or otherwise. Yeah, because like, that's the exact time period that I moved from New York to, to California, and it, it's kind of weird because I feel like 2010, 2011 is like very much when the culture really began this dramatic shift yeah. from sort of a monoculture to the internet running yeah. culture so uh-huh. for me a lot of times i have impressions of like oh this is what california's like but then it's actually like no that's what happened when you left new york coincidentally hmm. i don't know I- i'm confused i left in 2010 yeah, i left from new york to la but like i feel like that also just coincidentally happened to be the time period where everything started to change sure, in terms sure. of our culture and in terms of content and stuff like that sure and Sometimes I forget. Like, I go back to New York, and I'm like, oh, they have iPhones. So, yeah, you look back at your New York years, and that's when everything's in black and white and simple, and people are picking berries. Exactly, because when I was still in New York, 
there was no follower count number to determine how cool you were. Mm. It was like, oh, you're some dude with like skinny black jeans and like a leather jacket, yeah. and you're like talking about how you've been vegan for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Oh, you you seem pretty cool. You, you must be the shit. You must be cool. And I remember even after having been gone from New York for a couple of years in California, and I started to realize like. Oh, this is cool. Now we have like, and people talk bad about like using your Instagram follower account as like a score of mm-hmm. how much you matter or your followers on YouTube, whatever. But in some ways, I think it's kind of good because I remember in New York just meeting people constantly who were the biggest nobodies who would have swore their shit didn't stink just mm-hmm. because they had the right fucking outfit. Sure. So now you're saying that having some social credibility, it, it's it's a better meter of how well you're doing in life versus if you're wearing tight jeans with holes ripped in the knees. Right. Well, there's just like a lot of people who are like, oh, like I was standing around on stage at an MGMT concert and that's like my entire social capital is based on that. Yeah. Whereas like, yes, it's kind of lame that there's a lot of people out there who have like 100,000 fake followers on Instagram and they're basically trying to like use that to justify why they should matter. Yeah. But I mean, I, I think I'll still take that metric over everybody just sort of creating their own hype yeah I mean, based on how many pins they have in their jacket i mean like 14 year old girls are are cutting their wrists and getting bulimic at a dramatic rate and i blame but still, i blame lena dunham and gay romantic comedies for that there's your answer right there i had a question hit me with it i think i wrote it down oh yeah i was listening to uh the daily today the new york times podcast about the news and everything you know new right york there? times okay new york I'm, times I'm has to a, get my head into their political mindset. they have a podcast called the daily that basically like attempts to cover the biggest news story of the day type shit whatever sure. big social trends sure. and they're interviewing a woman like because they're trying to wrap their heads around the fact that latino people who are like maybe like 20 percent of voters in a lot of the biggest like states apparently mm-hmm are overwhelmingly turning towards the right and to mm-hmm. Re- Republicans. And maybe not overwhelmingly, but like very significant yes. changes in terms of that swing. They get a woman on the phone who lives in Los Angeles, and she is talking about how she agrees with a lot of Democratic social policies, you know, abortion, gay rights, who knows, but that she still believes that she's going to vote Republican because she's saying that the economy is so bad and it's so hard for her to make ends meet. Yeah. Now, peep the details of her financial situation. We're getting serious right now. I like this. She makes, and she you can listen to this, she makes a quarter million dollars a year. Oh. And she wants us to feel bad for her because she lives in Los Angeles, which is one of the most expensive places that you could live, and that she makes a quarter million dollars a year. Now, part of the problem is that her husband is maybe not in such a great financial situation. He's been un- unemployed for a little while. You want to know what he is? What is he? An unemployed professional wrestler. Like a Lucha Livre guy? No, I think like a real wrestler. Maybe well, he's, he's in the he's, WWE he's, or something. He's Mexican, so he probably does Lucha Livre. We would assume. You know the but, <laughs> Right, but this was just like the most mind-blowing thing ever to me, is that the New York Times wants me to take this person serious when they're talking about why they are pivoting to the right because they are worried about the economy. This fucking idiot can't figure out how to make ends meet off a quarter million dollars a year while supporting her deadbeat pro wrestler. And I apologize if I know this guy because I do know a few pro wrestlers and I hope that it's not one of them. But this was just the most mind-blowing thing to me ever. Like I feel like the New York Times should be choosing people who are somewhat indicative of an average American's life when they're trying to make these uh, narratives work, right? I don't know why they would choose that lady in particular to interview. 
And I'm not going to say that she doesn't have a hard time making ends meet, especially if she has a lot of children. And let's face it, the she Latinos, they have a lot of babies. And she said that her rent is 2500 bucks a month. So that's uh, $2,500 in L.A. rent is absurdly cheap, Very especially cheap. if like, you yeah. and your, hey, I got a match coming up today, baby. <laughs> How's my cape look? If you and that guy are sharing the place, 2500 right. is cheap as fuck. 2500 is pretty cheap, and... $25,000 or $20,000 a month is a shitload. And especially, yeah. why am I supposed to feel bad about your unemployed pro wrestler boyfriend? She said that at a certain point, this guy was making a quarter million dollars a year, too. So, I mean, the idea that they were making half a million dollars a year and that they have anything to complain about is insane. But the idea that this guy can't go drive for fucking Postmates or do construction or something, it's like, get your ass off the fucking couch. Like, shouldn't you be worried about your physique? You need to get some exercise, you piece of shit. So your issue, at first I was like trying to wrap my head around like, all right, what are we thinking here? Latinos, are they conservatives, are they liberals? Right. That's not really your issue. I'm your totally... issue is how the fuck are you not yes. saving any money when you're making 250 grand? Right. Because I feel totally okay with her voting for Trump. I don't give a fuck if you want to vote for Trump or not, just because there's plenty of decent reasons why you might want to swing right. Yeah. And I'm not really that interested in that. But the idea that you sh you could be making that much money and that you're not able to thrive in our society when you're you're easily making double or triple what the average American makes. So you sussed it out to be about 25 G's a month. We're going to say somewhere well, around there. She's at quarter million a year, so we're going to say 20K a month. 20K a month. Being in California is ridiculously expensive. Yeah. We've got the 13%. For her, it would probably be closer to 10% state income tax. We got the, whatever, between 20 and 30 federal income tax. Right. They slap like a dollar on our gas bill. Everything we buy gets taxed, too. That is a fair point. And that, as somebody who does not pay attention to my bills at all, you're yes. probably making a lot of sense right now, yeah. That being said, if we take all that into account, you're still saving probably at least, even if you like to splurge, right. even if you like to eat sushi, even if your unemployed Lucha Livre husband insisted on buying a nice automobile, you should be saving at least 5Gs a month and setting that aside. That shouldn't right. be a stretch. And if, if you were even saving like two grand a month, I mean, you're saving so much more than the average person and you're creating, yeah. if you could save $25,000 a year, I mean, that's fucking very significant. You're investing that. By the time that you get into your 40s, you're going to have a nice fucking nest egg that's been building up and you know, gaining a ton yeah. of interest. And yeah, shit. you just fucking plop that shit in the S and P five hundred. Right, like a fucking stone sinking into a pond. It sits there. The most important thing, though, is make your stupid fucking unemployed wrestler boyfriend get a job, or maybe a tweak to his character. Yeah, maybe the current thing he's doing is not bringing it. It's not putting butts in seats. Yeah, and I don't know if this is. This doesn't even sound real. I think dissecting his talent as a wrestler is a great idea i think we should find out who he is i yeah. mean i would love to figure out who it is but uh, also dude i've been worrying about this recently i mean if we have a nuclear war coming up i mean who's to say if our investments in the s p 500 are even going to be around that's a good point you ever think about that i think about that all the time if we if we do some analysis and we figure out that this guy this wrestler is actually a bitch-ass buster and then we tell the New York Times, do you mm. think they will issue a retraction? I would hope so, if they have any journalistic integrity. Mm. What constitutes a buster in the professional wrestling world? I, I'm not super deep into it, but I would assume that it would probably basically be like if you're just like not living up to the ideals 
set forth by Vince McMahon and Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage and all of these legends who came beforehand. Like, for instance, if we find out that this guy is no longer a professional wrestler because he couldn't stop fucking slamming testosterone into his ass or maybe he got caught bending his homie over and fucking him in the parking lot of a Whole Foods in West Hollywood and it was captured on somebody's rear driving cam. I'm sorry, Michael Barbaro, I think that you owe us a retraction. I was going to say, the first thing you mentioned, slamming testosterone pills, probably is one of the ideals that Vince McMahon set out. True. Bending your homie over and fucking him, I don't know how they get down, but that might be an issue. I think Vince McMahon really, if you remember, he kind of like got into steroids late in his career because he looked like kind of a normal guy, I'm pretty sure. And then he wanted to become a wrestler himself. And in order to get into the ring, he got on the juice. Hmm. And then all of a sudden he's red and he's swollen and looking all crazy. I I don't know anything about professional wrestling. Like, Mm. I love it, but the most I know about that world is, like, I had a Hulk Hogan lunchbox that my mom bought me against my will when I was a child. I loved it as a kid, and... But even as a kid, even as, like, a six- or a seven-year-old, I remember thinking, like... Okay, well, this is actually pretty stupid, right? Like, this yeah. is this is not the kind of thing that I'm going to be watching for more than like a year or two. You're not hitting each other. It took me a little bit to figure that out, but once I realized they weren't really hitting each other, the storylines are retarded. I mean, I, I, when I watch it and I see all these like 30 and 40 year old guys in the stands watching it, holding up signs, I'm mm-hmm. kind of like, I don't get it. I don't understand what's keeping you stuck on this. Really, if you're like a UFC fan. I get it. There's some actual athletic yeah. competition going on. I could be invested in that. And I'm pretty sure when Fox had a TV deal with the UFC, they ended the contract with the UFC because they wanted to go after professional wrestling because professional wrestling was still bringing in bigger numbers than really? real dudes really fighting. That's fucked up. So I don't know what that has to say. I'm sure all of those guys were not there at the opening of the Bros movie. Yeah. Everybody who attends WWE. But that's a powerful lobby in this country. A lot of people go into those. Well, I saw somebody tweeting about how uh, actually Triple H is from my hometown of Nashville, New Hampshire. Mm. And the problem with that is that they don't know that I actually went to Triple H's house when I was a kid and I took a shit on his doorstep. As a prank? Yeah. Was it in a bag that was on fire? No, I, I squatted on his doorstep and I took a dump. You know, that's not much of a prank, Adam. The idea is you light the bag on fire, put the shit inside. And he wasn't home. You wait for him to come home. Well, that's what we did. I pooped on his doorstep and then we rang the doorbell, ran away, hid across the street, pretty quickly realized like, oh, there's no car in the driveway and all the lights are off. He's definitely not home. He's, <laughs> he's a pro wrestler. Obviously, he's on the road a very large percentage of the year. <laughs> and then um, never did it again. But I used to hear people would tell me, like, Triple H saw him at the gym, saw him with China at, uh-huh. at the grocery store. They uh-huh. spent a lot of time in Nashua. If Triple H sees this, he's going to know that I really did live in the hometown of him. And he probably never encountered the poop realistically. But He's got people who clean that up. It could have easily been somebody else's house. And then it could have just been like a, a stray shit just wait, dropped wait, off. Wait, wait, wait. You had no evidence it was Triple H's house before you took a shit on the doorstep? I was like 13. So... At this point in time, in 1997, when I was 13, it was really a wild world where, like, you could you could do anything, you could believe anything. And what I'm sure your source on this is Triple H's house is like some kid 
rode yes. by on a skateboard and was like, hey, you Bingo. know that pro wrestler lives in that house over yonder? Yeah, yeah, no, it was like a rumor around. But keep in mind, this is around the same time that I believed that Britney Spears had to have her stomach pumped because she had 12 different dudes' jizz in it. And Marilyn Manson got a rib removed to suck his own dick. Which, the, that is actually not that out of the ordinary. Well, it's out of the ordinary, but I've heard about like Instagram models getting a rib removed because they want to like basically change their figure. So that <laughs> I, I'm not saying that Marilyn Manson did it. I feel like if he did, that we would probably know by now. Yeah. But that is a thing that dude, you can do. It, how Instagram is fucking chicks up, dude. Oh, yeah. I follow out of curiosity a couple of just plastic surgeryed out bimbo chicks right. on Instagram who have OnlyFans. And more than a few of them have escalated their plastic surgery rapidly. Oh, yeah. To the point where they no longer look like human beings. Yeah. And then deleted their Instagrams. Really? And deleted their Twitters and disappeared from the face of the earth. Really? I've seen young, like, 20-year-old college chicks blow up on the Explore page, get hundreds of thousands of followers, and likewise, after posting a string of successively sluttier pictures, disappear off the face of the internet. Really? And my only thought is, like, somebody in their family had an intervention or they slit their wrists and tried to take their own lives, something catastrophic happened relating right. to their public persona and their mental health. See, I see the insane plastic surgery, but I don't really see them leaving that often. That's the thing that I guess I haven't seen, or maybe they leave and I just don't even notice. But what I will say is that, see, my girl has had very little plastic surgery. Mm -hmm. you know, a little bit of fillers, whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah. she had standard. a BBL, she got fake ass, so it's fake tits. I guess, actually, she's had a ton of plastic surgery. But in comparison to a lot of girls out there, yeah. very little. I'm you talking know? like face readjustments. But so then I have to basically convince her not to get plastic surgery yeah. on a relatively consistent basis because she will see somebody like Kazumi who Kazumi just recently had a crazy facelift done you see her with a black bandage yeah, wrapped she, around her fucking head and yeah. shit I mean Kazumi looks great Kazumi's hot Kazumi's got does a billboard not, in LA now I don't know if you saw that I did not congrats see to her she's got a billboard for her only fans wow. right, right on uh some street she's inspired me so much with that act um but all I'm saying is that Kazumi looks great. Her face looks great. Her body looks great. She's still out here going out and getting these expensive, weird fucking like yeah. facelift things. Uh -huh, uh -huh. To a lot of these girls, they're just completely lost with this shit where they think that they need to constantly be making themselves look better. And my thing about it is like, if you look okay, if you look good, just wait a couple of years. Like I had a girl who was 21 when I was at the store, super high Latina chick, big ass boobs, big ass. And she's telling me how she wants to get a BBL just because like, for no reason i'm like listen you're 21 uh -huh. i'm like when you're 25 this might be a reasonable decision yeah doing this now when you literally sit around eating fucking hot cheetos all day is just insane that's, that's like, racist that is racist but she literally I, th I think i remember she they had, do that they they all eat hot cheetos she had a bag of hot cheetos in her hand <laughs> at the time <laughs> actually or is that just that, your yeah. racist white mind putting that into her hand no but you know what i'm saying it's like you're gonna go out and you're gonna spend twenty thousand dollars getting your body done yeah. or whatever but you won't sign up to take you know personal training classes yeah. a couple times a week mm -hmm. you won't focus on your diet and eating correctly and taking care of yourself you sit around and smoke backwards and drink mm -hmm. fucking mm -hmm. you know I'm, I'm, what's a beer that's not associated with mexican people heineken's heineken you drink heineken's those are dutch right i don't know no, we're in the clear there mexicans could drink them too if they want but yeah i don't know yeah and and also i feel like our idea of a 10 has changed. Mm. Like, to me, a 10 
is a girl who's just like beautiful and looks like yeah in LA it's standard to get some work done but nowadays the 10 is like veneers I see a lot of rich oh. successful handsome dudes with chicks with veneers obviously eyebrows and jawbones and cheeks are being rearranged yeah. and it's not attractive to me I like the closer to the college sorority girl girl next door type look yeah that's where that's the neighborhood I'm looking to move into as far as my ideal chick right I mean we are deranged by by our experience living out here and like you know one thing that stands out to me like we had a girl on the patreon the other day really really pretty face nice boobs skinny good ass but she said she she's like i'm thinking about getting hip implants and i'm thinking eh, like what are, you, what are you fucking talking about you look great you don't need hip implants and then she stands up right in front of me and she she did kind of have like her hips go straight a little bit and then they curve out right so it's like and you got on board you were like yeah you can i was like implant. i see the point i see what, what you're saying here like if anyone was going to get hip implants you are kind of maybe making a pretty good case right here but then you know, I'm in New York the other day, and I see a chick, and she's hot as fuck, big ass tits, no ass. And I'm just thinking in my head, like, in prior generations, I think that, like, we as a people would have just kind of accepted, like, pretty face, big boobs, eh, doesn't, doesn't have a big ass, whatever. Yeah. My mind is so shaped that it's yeah. like, I can't not think, oh, she should get a fake ass. Like, yeah. That's, immediately, that's what my brain goes to. Like, how, how do you not have a fake ass? Uh-huh. Which is that's kind of fucked up that my brain is like fully wrapped up. In yeah. That. yeah. It was from the industry you're in, it's, I completely understand it. And I watch a lot of like vintage big titty chick porn. Right. I used to. I've been trying to cool it on the porn. A lot of those girls, too, disappear. Mm. Like, Josh, you try to find me an image of Pandora Peaks past 2008, you're not going to find one, buddy. Pandora Look Peaks? All, uh, pull up Pandora Peaks. I know, I know. Fucking um, Tiffany Towers. These chicks get these volleyball-sized breast implants. Tiffany Hadish? Tiffany Hadish. <laughs> she actually just op- she opened a, a hookah shop, I think, on Venice Boulevard. Um, yeah, no, but definitely I think about that because when I think about all the women that I was jerking off to in porno magazines in, like, 1996, and, yeah, they all have fake boobs kind of like this. And I also I follow a Twitter account that's, like, 90s porn. It's like a straight porn fan who goes through his collection and like captures off of VHS tapes like footage or, or photos from the nineties of chicks getting fucked. And it's it's crazy because sometimes you'll see girls who have like the prettiest faces who if they were if they were alive now, they would be like some poppin' Instagram model. Like Christy Canyon. But at that time, they had no other option besides to become porn stars mm-hmm. and get Damn. these fucking ridiculous boobs. Like who who was telling these girls that they should get their tits done this big? It's kind of insane. This is an anomaly now. There's only a handful of girls you ever see with boobs this big. Dude, you're so right, man. Chicks who were just hot in the 90s, they guess they had Playboy or legitimate model. But legitimate modeling is, like, impossible. Because if there's yeah. anything that's determined to be wrong with your eye to ear to jaw yeah. ratio, like, you're out of the business. Yeah. It's, it's sort of like you were talking about how you would take today's world over the 90s world where, yeah, there used to be hucksters walking around with leather jackets telling you were the, you were yeah. the shit. But now... A guys like us can start a podcast or do a YouTube channel that makes us a good living. And a chick who's smoking hot but not hot enough to be a Victoria's Secret angel, she can make a hundred grand a month showing her hoo-hoo. <laughs> yeah, it used to be like, 
oh, I, I want to be a model. A girl says you want to be a model or like, I, I would like to be a model, but I'm I'm 5'3". And it's like, oh, you can't be a model unless you're like, you know, 5'8", perfectly yeah. skinny, super tall, whatever. Now, if you were to meet a girl at the bar and she were to say that she was a model and maybe she's got a cute face and she's kind of thick, but got boobs, she got ass, whatever, you'd be mm. like, all right, yeah, she's modeling for something. Like now the world allows for all these different types to have their own little fan base whereas the market used to be so controlled you know and now like we've taken down the mainstream bros was produced by judd apatow mm. mainstream picture coming out from a major studio four million dollars at the box office they spent all told probably what like over a year producing that movie I think it's safe to say that the no-jumper enterprise is going to bring home, especially when you consider plug talk, too. You guys are going to bring in a lot more than $4 million this year. Well, I think the important thing, though, is that that shit, it's not like they made $4 million. They brought in $4 million at the box office. I think it was oh, it was shit. supposed to bring in like eight to be considered like reasonably successful. Oh, You're so, right. And then also, it was a $22 million budget. So right. They're yeah, way yeah, in yeah. the fucking hole. I didn't even think about that. The question is, will a, will a gay movie of this scale ever be made again? And what, no. what, what changes will they make? And I love how we're making all these assumptions about it, having not seen it. But having just seen the trailer, I really don't feel like I have to see it. Yeah. I feel like I'm probably going to zone out and fall asleep like I did last night watching Game of Thrones. Uh, I don't know. I, just, I don't really see it. It could be a homework assignment for the show. To Josh, the, you're not getting out of this one. But I have but, to go to a movie theater. Oh, fuck. It's not out yet. We can't pirate it. I no. miss those days. <laughs> you think it's on the pirate day? Uh, that would be hilarious. The pirate day dot org. The pirate gay. The pirate gay. There's the title of the episode. The pirate gay. The pirate gay. But, I, okay. We got to be careful because we got age restricted on our last I one. That. I saw it, dude. It was blowing up, and then it got age restricted. It was, was doing bummed. good, but then and Trev even said like Trev's like yeah, bro, because Trev's whole YouTube channel was all weed stuff. Yeah, and then during the apocalypse, I think he got like really fucked. Yeah. So he to him, this is old news to me. I'm used to being able to smoke weed in the episodes. I think the difference is you can't smoke weed in the episode and then also title the episode. Look yeah. how high we got because that we could be like that's a clove cigarette. You know what, what, what are you yeah. talking about? But yeah. we the whole thing was like, hey, Danny, I'm going to put some marijuana in this bong. You ready to take this hit right now? Like it, it might have been the presence of a known sex pest. Yuri, a known sex pest. Well, sex pest. I mean, I might be adding a little bit of my own flair to that statement but flair. he's kind of a pest to me I mean, he says he has sex all the time i don't know but is he a sex pest implies that he's going around the studio like grabbing dicks and asses oh he does yeah yuri does that too yeah well maybe that's why the video got age restricted yeah maybe maybe oh it's because we forgot to cut out the scene where he was molesting us after <laughs> the episode <laughs> it was mostly josh he went after do you know who adam is it friedman or friedlind do you know who this guy is what does he do? He's a comedian. No. He has a podcast that I think used to be called Come Town Friedland. Yeah, he did it with Nick Mullen. Nick Mullen, yeah. Right. So N Nick Mullen's funny. Okay. He's an edgy dude. He'd be a good addition to Sledge Lords for uh, a visit sometime. Peep game. Josh is hyped right now. He He's tweeted this three days ago. He tweeted, at No Jumper, I'll be in Los Angeles this weekend. I would love to come on your podcast to prom promote a project I've been working on, CC Adam 22. Response tweet to that. If it, I am serious. If anyone could connect, I would greatly appreciate it. I responded, I don't pod on the weekends, but DM me. Let's talk. I followed him. Did not follow me back. Uh, and then on Thursday, well, he didn't follow me back, but he did message me. Thursday. Still bad etiquette. Well, I, I guess I probably shouldn't read his DMs. But basically saying he wants to do the pod. I responded on Thursday, when do you dip? 
And then I actually hit him up again on Saturday. Man, your show is so fucking funny. I just started listening because I listened to one episode. Yeah. I think it used to be called Come Town, and they changed the name to the Adam Friedland Show. Oh, it got canceled, and this is a whole new show. Who? So, uh, Josh, okay. I know you're not on mic right now. I only who, listen to one episode. Who canceled episode. it? Was it canceled? I think they just decided to the comedian. No, that, that's the kind of canceling that scares me less. So I thought I, you were I, saying Patreon or somebody cracked down on it. I was searching Come Town on, on YouTube, and it's pretty barren. They don't have, like, a ton of presence on there, as far as I can tell. But there's this other dude, Stavros or some shit, some other comedian. From what I understood, he was, was talking about how he left the podcast. It, it, it was primarily was on funny. Patreon, dude, and they were pulling in what is an insane amount of Patreon money really? for a podcast that has, like, no outside promotion. If you do a Patreon show, obviously it's going to blow up. But these guys were relatively underground New York City comedians, in the beginning. as far as I knew. Yeah, they started a podcast, now, yeah. and it just, like, that gives me faith in the internet that that show was so funny. It just right. blew up, and people were willing to pay for it to the point where I think they were bringing in hundred grand a month wow. from the Patreon. Yeah. No promotion. It's weird because... I'm getting a lot more into listening to comedy podcasts now because it's kind of like helping me to think about, okay, what what am I actually doing when I sit down here with Danny and yeah. we start talking about random topics? I have a lot of respect for people who can just sort of throw something out there and then just start thinking about funny shit to say about it on the spot. That's yeah. like, it's like a real muscle that we're kind of trying to work on, on it, here. It's also, we do this show pretty early on Monday morning, right. which might be the worst time possible to be funny. You think? I think so. I think I'm probably more comfortable being funny on a Monday morning because the Tuesday thing, like doing it at 6 p.m., eh, like late night, my, I'm just not as on it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's tough. I also just got off a plane today, so maybe I'm feeling it especially. You just on, got off a plane. I just got off a plane. From I, Sack? I threw on a wrinkled Green Bay jersey. No, from Tahoe, dude. Oh, right, right. I was fucking slanging dick to my chick in my parents' car <laughs> when I was up there. dick I was to my chick? dick. Dude, I'm going to get a taste of what it's like to be single because my girl's leaving for three weeks. You're going to cheat on your girl? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> this is a nice place to get No, but she's, she's going overseas for three weeks. She's taking my kid and her assistant. Mm. And I'm going to just be in my house having to figure out what life is like, not having a ball and chain dragging you down. Jerk fest 2022, baby. It's already jerk fest, honestly. You've been jerking it a lot? <laughs> See, every, in New York, in the hotel? Why are we jerking off so much in the hotel in New York? Because I got nothing else to do. I mean, I got plenty of shit to do, but jerking off seems like a good way to sort of bookmark each task. Bookend? Bookend and bookmark. Bookmark? <laughs> you can jerk off into the place in the book you stopped reading. You have any bookmarks at home? My just, mom was all about bookmarks. Dude, it's great. Yeah. But if you just are jizzing in the book, first of all, you're not bringing down the rainforest because yeah. those things are made out of paper. No, yeah. But second of all, I mean, dude, like you're trying to find your spot in Huckleberry Finn. Right. It's the two pages that are stuck together. Just pry those apart and pick up at the top of that paragraph. And I like to jerk off for about every two pages that I read. Especially Huckleberry Finn. Yeah. Especially when it gets going. With and the that's really what the bookmark is for, is to prevent the jizz from seeping through to the pages I haven't already read. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Huckleberry Finn, dude. I mean, is there really any more jerk... Any? Yeah, it's the most jerkable book there fucking is. There's two kids floating down a river with a big black man. Right. Sexy shit, dude. You know what I really found myself reflecting on on Sunday was just the fact that there was a time period in American history where a major record label allowed one of the biggest bands in the world to put out an album with a child's penis on the cover. Nirvana, never mind. Isn't it? Like it, it, but it's hard for people now to understand that we didn't really think it was a big deal back then. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, I remember seeing it and just thinking, like, even in my, like, you know, I was probably, like, 12 when I first saw the Nevermind album cover. 
And I definitely, as a kid, thought, baby penis. That's weird. Why am I hard right now? Why, yeah, I got to go. I got to relieve myself. Yeah, I got to go jerk off. Anybody got a bookmark? <laughs> yeah. But then, Anybody got a Tolkien novel? It, I'm 13. I got over it. I'm like, okay. I mean, it's... Why would it be offensive to put a baby's penis on an album cover, I guess? You I, know? See, I think it's better because it's a baby, and wanting to fuck babies isn't really a sexual fetish. The pedophiles want to fuck kids who are under 13 and no, older than babies. like five. They do, but those are in third world countries and yeah. dark basements no, somewhere. But, okay, the worst shit that I've ever heard, because like, okay, Sam Harris did a podcast at one point about the realities of child pornography online yeah. and how bad it is. And like at one point he's describing, and I can't believe I'm about to say this on a fucking comedy podcast, but he's describing like a zoom call that was like essentially being done on the dark web, I think. And it's like one guy, like basically like sexually torturing a child, like a very small child while a bunch of dudes are watching. Like this is how bad it gets. Like whatever the worst thing you can think of is it's happening somewhere online. Blake Lively, I know this because Leo, my other podcast partner, constantly brings pedophile. this up. <laughs> what, so, if we sorry, the Leo. what if we ended the podcast right there? Leo always brings up this Blake Lively speech. He uses it to get out of anything he does wrong. Who's Blake like, Lively? She is, I think, married to Ryan Reynolds. But like, Who's that? It's like an actor? Ryan Reynolds, he was in uh, the, what's the show about college Van Wilder, and then he was in Waiting, and now he's like in. I remember. That. He's in all kinds of shit. You know Ryan Reynolds, dude. No. He's in Deadpool. He's the Deadpool guy. That's okay. I, I don't know most celebrities either. No. Lena Dunham, for instance. But no. Leo, anytime he like like applies excessive force on the back of a girl's head when he's getting blown in a parking lot, right? And then it leaks out because she takes to Twitter. He'll be like, "Why are you getting mad at me?" Blake Lively gave a speech about umbilical cord porn. Right. And it's exactly what you described. It's a guy who's got a studio in the basement of like an abandoned castle in Bulgaria who was waiting for some local peasant woman to give birth. And then he's banging the baby while it's connected on webcam. Oh, my God. Are you fucking serious? Dude, it's real fucked wait, up. Wait, wait, wait. He gave a speech about this? Blake Lively did. Condemning it, I would assume. Ab you'd be surprised. <laughs> it was promoting. a little ambivalent. A little ambivalent. But Leo, I'd also want to say that he does not forcibly push girls' faces down onto his penis. That was an that extreme example. Of. But that dude, we know of. So you're basically telling me that like somehow this woman is being like paid or like forced to do this in some way? Because you can't imagine that she would make the decision to do this unless she was in some sort of state of duress, right? Dude, I mean Think about what humans are capable of. I was thinking, because my dad is obsessed with the Ukraine war, and okay. he's always telling me, like, which DEFCON we're at as far as, like, our proximity to nuclear war. Right. And I was thinking, like, we wouldn't do that, right? Like, we wouldn't press the nuclear buttons. China wouldn't invade us. We're civilized. Right. But then you just remember back to the middle of the last century when the Japanese were marching into China, raping and killing everybody they saw, when the Germans were putting pistols to the back of Jews' heads and pulling the trigger, putting them in holes and then burying them in mass graves. You realize humans are capable of extremely evil things, right. given their situations make those things not seem so extreme. Okay, but so let's say hypothetically... Putin drops a fucking nuke on New York City. Now, I realize this is very unlikely to happen. Mm -hmm. So we, in response, send everything we've got. Literal nuclear holocaust on all of Russia. 
Like every person, like ninety five percent of people in Russia are burnt to a crisp. I realize it's like the biggest continent in the world. This is an ecological it's disaster. Cold there too, a lot of It'd things to consider to here. But let's say that that happens. So you've got New York City. Everybody in a 10-mile radius is basically melted. And then same thing, we just dropped nukes on Moscow. We just killed 20 million people. I remember they got. Bunch of yaks, too. Is it going to be hard to come on here and be funny? Like, is there anything that could happen that would make it so it's like we can't joke around? I don't know. If our economy could still exist in that environment, because there'd be there'd be a power vacuum, and China would probably start pulling up battleships off of our coast, trying to wipe us out. A lot of the advertisers who are dumping money into YouTube would probably pull back a little bit, given the whole nuclear holocaust. If we came in here and we did a routine where it was like I was Biden and you were Putin, and we like jizzed on each other but our penises were we had paper mache to look, look them make them look like missile silos or the something makeup artist is going to be kind of creeped out when i'm like yeah i'm trying to be putin right now the guy just dropped yeah. a nuke on new york yeah oh you're thinking of, you're thinking like youtube and the ad thing is still going to be functioning and up and running there's gonna be a lot of shit to deal with if we go nuclear well i, I think they're gonna do it before we do it i think probably so it's it's looking ugly because putin is really kind of looking backed into a corner before we all had this idea that russia was this big military superpower and that like really they were gonna probably like fuck ukraine up real quick and that there was gonna be some kind of you know exchange where like ukraine was essentially gonna be given to them and who, who knows what the fuck was gonna happen now it's looking like putin is backed into a corner and it's not necessarily going to be that long until he's feeling real mm-hmm. desperate and like he doesn't have anywhere to go. And I think once he gets to that point, he's going to start dropping these fucking tactical nukes. And it's not going to be yeah. on New York. It's probably going to be on parts of Ukraine, yeah. right? And he said he was going to do it. He said he would. Yeah. He didn't say specifically, but he said he would consider using all kinds of weaponry. And this is not a bluff. And the, that's yeah, what he said recently. And this is the thing about Putin, from what I've learned, is that he has never de-escalated in his mm-hmm. career. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people will get up to the precipice and then mm-hmm. kind of pull back. Mm-hmm. They're mm. saying that, you know, he just does not seem like he has that in him. Yeah. And if even if he dropped the tactical smaller nuke on the Ukrainians, like, what the fuck can we do? Yeah. We're going to be like, hey, that wasn't good. Stop doing that. But if we want to actually make him stop, that seems like it would require military oh, force. Yeah. We're going to have to start World War Three if we're going to do anything to them in response. If America – and that's the thing is that we're basically like funding and we're – using ukraine to fight this battle mm-hmm. on our behalf right mm-hmm. we're giving them all the money all the weaponry or whatever if we do any of the attacking on our own then putin's basically saying he's gonna drop nukes but for now it's them basically acting on our own behalf who's to say that putin doesn't at a certain point say like okay you guys giving them weapons is basically bad enough let's mm-hmm. drop some fucking nukes mm-hmm. yeah i i just think he's got to know like you said if he fires anything our way at us we have not even if he in the middle of the night launched all of his nukes our way and for some reason our nuclear detection systems were down right. detection systems and he hit all of our major cities all of our places where we have our missiles aimed at Moscow all of our nuclear arsenal and all of our major cities are wiped out in America we still have trident submarines all over the globe that are mm-hmm. underwater and undetectable that are loaded up with nuclear warheads really? that could carry out the counterattack. Oh, so he, he can't nuke us. Right. If he wants Russia to continue and him to live, he can't nuke us. Because the other thing is that China and India and all these other countries will basically be forced 
to not fuck with him on a whole different level. Mm -hmm. So if he does drop a nuke, it's basically going to force a situation in which he's going to be so isolated from the rest of the world economy that it's going to be real fucked up. Like you're even if we don't drop nukes on him, you're going to see massive starvation in Russia to the point where you're going to see so many goddamn dead people. It's going to be fucked. Is there a little part of you that's like, it would be fun to live through that timeline. Dude. <laughs> I was just reading the Lord of the Rings, the the Fellowship of the Ring, okay. and at the beginning, Bilbo's complaining. He's like, "I wish the ring had never come to me. I wish I'd never lived to see these times." And and Gan- he's, I sounds very English. I don't know what he is. It's like a Hobbit accent. And then Gandalf's like, "Everybody wishes that who lives to see such times, but that is not for us to decide." And I was reading that, thinking like, "Boy, that would suck to have to carry the ring to Mordor, and there's orcs and everything's war. What if that was our time? Yeah. What if you and I couldn't talk about?" fucking into a microphone with some cameras pointed at us while Josh watches and what if we like had to defend Los Angeles right. from a Chinese landing invasion you're going to know that world affairs are all fucked up when you hear about Adam 22 Danny Mullen and Keemstar getting recruited to the US army because we are running out of equipped soldiers but just we... us like David <laughs> yeah. Dobrik and Danny Duncan they can keep doing their thing yeah Definitely. D- Danny Dobrik. Danny, D- Danny, Danny Duncan can still ride dirt bikes around in Florida, but you and I are like men in the artillery things. I think as long as we've got Keemstar, we'll be all right. Uh-huh.